Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ant. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation of Hype. Hey, Frederico, what is happening this week? This week, we are chatting with Emmy Mariam, who is a beauty vlogger who specializes in natural beauty or clean beauty. I think a lot of people, when they see me for the first time, instead of seeing me for like my knowledge or seeing me for the goodness in my me, they'll just be stuck at the what I'm wearing. Before we get started, just a quick reminder that we have Change a College, which is going to help you become an even better YouTube creator. And you can find it at changeacollege.com. That's C-H-A-N-G-E-R, college.com. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Amy, you've been listening to the podcast, so you're an old hand at this. So you yeah, know exactly yeah. what you're in for. I actually love your podcasts. So Aww. much to learn. Yeah. Stop it. From so many creative people. Oh, so good. And I'm so stoked I recorded that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then you know how we start these things. So, Emmy Mariam, welcome to Creator Generation. Thank you for having me. It's so great to have you on the show. Um, to get started, please tell us who you are and what you do on YouTube. So, guys, my name is Emmy, the pharmacist and the beauty content creator. I make videos on pretty much everything beauty-related which ranges from skincare, makeup, and then I go into fashion and other lifestyle hacks as well. I've shared a lot of my weight loss journey online, and now I'm moving into like lifestyle and baby stuff since I just had a baby. Awesome. <laughs> it's almost almost ten months. Yeah, already. Wow. wow. Yeah. Very. So, Imi, and your channel is called Imi Mariam. Yeah. yeah. Got to get that out there too. Yes, yes. If you don't follow me, come and follow me. <laughs> so, Imi, your your beauty channel, mm-hmm. which is, is you know on a, on a journey, where did that start though? Like, I think it started by mistake, <laughs> to pretty much I would say because um, I didn't think anybody would actually be interested in watching anything I posted, so I pretty much just posted it because I thought it was good to document it and. I mean, growing up, I used to make, well, you know, when you're like sitting in front of the mirror as a girl and you're pretending to do a tutorial. Fred knows totally about that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, Fred? So (laughs) it's like you just sit there by yourself and you're like doing a tutorial to yourself. I just thought I would record it one day and um, I put it online because my husband actually forced me. (laughs) He actually did. He was like, just put it. Who cares if anybody watches it? I will watch it. And I think that's where it started. Yeah, right. And it, it's a, your beauty channel or, you know, your channel is, is, has got a, a specific bent to it or a specific style of yeah. beauty content that you cover. Tell us a bit about that. So I'm actually really into the, now it's called clean beauty, but I think a lo- a while, a couple of years ago, it wasn't as popular. I think until Jessica Alba actually made this term clean beauty. Can you explain, was, yeah, can you explain was, that a bit more? Yeah. So clean beauty is uh, the whole idea of having beauty products, skincare products or makeup products free of like chemicals and parabens and colorants and all that stuff. And, you know, me with a Pakistani background, you know, ancient times, our women used to use natural products in their beauty rituals, like which is, I think everyone knows that, like Egyptians would... Egyptians would use um, like charcoal as eyeliner and all that stuff. So I was always really into that and I would share my natural DIYs and remedies and stuff. But now there's a whole term for it called clean beauty. Mm. So that's really cool. What did you, what were you calling it before you, before it was titled clean beauty? I used to just call it like a natural remedy, natural skincare, which I guess clean beauty is, but they've added some things to it to keep it into a stable form. Like if I was to make something at home, like a face product, um, which I do all the time. And even when I was working as a pharmacist, I used to make products, beauty products in the lab. Um, We would have something to preserve it, but at home it's like going to go off in a few weeks. So now it's like clean beauty. You can buy it. (laughs) Can we just talk about, you mentioned, uh, being a pharmacist, so is that where you start? You're you're actually your career. You're actually a pharmacist by trade. Yeah. Yes, I am. And so, at what? Where do you get into pharmacy? And then, what was the history of going from pharmacy to YouTube? 
I continued to work as a pharmacist and a YouTuber alongside for three years um, until I had a baby. And then I went on mat leave. And now that I've been on mat leave and I've had more time to, I mean, not more time, like I have a baby. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really know, but I've had like more time at home to create content. Now I've decided like, this is what I want to do and like explore a bit more than be, you know, in the pharmacy or be in the hospital working. I reckon there'd be a ton of people going, why would a pharmacist want to be a YouTuber pharmacy? That's kind of like. Mate, it's That's so much hard, fun. hard work to get there, like to become a pharmacist. and then. But then again, it will help me because yeah. say down the track, I want to come out with my own product. I can just formulate it myself. <laughs> I can do it myself, like actually. And the, the best thing about YouTube is, um, so anyone can Google anything and put it out there, right? But then it's like people know for a fact that I'm, I've got the background. Like I've studied it. I've studied natural medicine as well and studied the stuff. So they trust me more. It's like I'm not just throwing stuff out there. Like I know about it in detail. Do you, do you notice that in your audience? Like they, yeah. they, they come to you specifically because of that connection that, in the knowledge that you have? Definitely. They trust me way more. Because see now YouTube is so saturated. Like people upload so much content every single day. They need someone to trust. Like, I, I mean, a few years back when I started, I think there were not many people doing what I was doing at that time. But now, even if I search my name, there's like other people that will come up with really similar stuff, which I might have posted a few years back, but now they're posting that stuff. So I think that draws the line between, you know, that X factor that you should have or that people look Definitely. for. Yep. Yeah. Or yeah. something that will make you stand out. That would probably be mine. Um, and then, like, in terms of what you, you know, like, like you said, there's so much content going up on, on YouTube. But particularly in the beauty vertical, there it's a very, very busy space. There's competitive. A lot, very competitive. <laughs> um, what, like, what's your take on, on what's happening in the, in the beauty space and, and where you fit in? I think there's this whole makeup community, which I'm not a part of because I have, don't do it anymore. I, so the funny thing is when I started YouTube, I did post makeup videos and I was into skincare and everything, but I didn't think anybody would care about that stuff. Like I was like, who would watch this stuff? Like <laughs> who cares? Um, but then I – so I posted makeup videos and – I just felt like pe- there were so many people who were so much better than me at that thing, right? Um, and then I talked to my husband, who's also a marketing manager, <laughs> just by chance. Um, so he was like, you should definitely show what you're good at and what other people might not know. So they want to watch you. Like, there's no point of watching. Like, imagine someone doing a video on how to do eyeliner. There'll be like 20 million videos on that already. And just how YouTube works, it's not going to be ranked up. You want it to be seen, right? Um, So for your video to be special and be seen and be noticed and for YouTube to actually rank it up in the search bar, it should be something that like isn't there too much but still relevant and interesting, obviously. So I think that's when I kind of separated myself from the makeup and went into skincare. Did you know that straight away? Like was your marketing manager husband sort of like, (laughs) well, you mean... It's very saturated there. Here's some opportunities over here. Like, what? I wish the process was like that. I wish three years ago he was like, do this, and I would have done that because it would have been easier. But I've learned the hard way, like experimenting, obviously. And I think even if anybody listening is someone that wants to start, I, that's what I would advise. Like stick to what you love. Like no point doing what you don't, you don't love truly because otherwise you won't last because – most of the time it's not going to happen overnight with me it was one year that it took me to figure that out and then after one year of constantly uploading videos that were not like I mean there was tons of other videos like that that's I think that's when I've posted my first skincare stuff so after a year about a year yeah yeah right and was that a a natural natural remedy, remedy yeah yeah can't even remember the exact one but I think it was on 
one of it was like teeth whitening and then another one yeah. was like some skincare one, which went viral. <laughs> it's about a year of making makeup tutorial videos. What made you shift then into natural beauty? Did you see like this opportunity? What was going on there? My husband gave me the idea of putting something out there which not many people know about and what would be something special to me, like something that people would want to know from me. So that would be, that was already something I was doing since I was a teenager because my mom always did it. And I thought it was a great way to share knowledge, but also techniques of affordable beauty. And also, you know, for people that are into clean beauty as well, that don't want to use chemicals, want to be environmentally friendly, or they don't want to use anything like that on themselves. This is like a, just a great way to learn to use natural products for beauty. Like, was that a light bulb moment for you? Like, when Definitely. you, or were you, was it a bit scary that you're putting your, your, a bit more of you into your videos? You know what happened? I was doing, I was making this mask for myself because my skin was burnt from the sun and I was like, my skin burns and I'm going to do this myself. And my husband was like, put it on the internet, like, just put it out there. Like, I was like, no one's going to watch it. It's so lame. <laughs> and I, yeah, that one actually got really popular and I think then people would be commenting and being like, can you share this? And I guess what they would ask for would give me ideas because you want give, to give them what they want, right? You don't want to – I mean, I always listen to my audience anyways. Yeah. Um, I think it was, yeah, light bulb moment. You're like, cool. Right. Did, and so what happened next? So I started posting natural remedies and I think that's where – that's what a lot of people know me for, just my take on – clean beauty and natural beauty but then I started posting like other stuff as well like teeth whitening and um just like body stuff as well uh, and then hair stuff as well and I also on the side always posted hijab looks because obviously like I cover my hair and I am a Muslim so there is a niche market for girls like that which I think isn't that widely popular but then I still wanted to do something related to that so I always slide in a video here and there. How is that? So how is that received with your audience? Like, who is your audience? I guess then, and how is that that sort of received in different types of content? Honestly, it's a hit or miss yeah. for my channel because I started with skincare, and back then um, when I did start, my audience was mainly in the USA, Philippines, India. And Pakistan and Australia, obviously. Um, but then when I would post content like that, then it would start getting popular. Like my percentages would start changing and then USA would have dropped down and then India or something would increase. So I think it's still received well, but it just really depends. And even now, like I think my breakdown is still pretty much that. The top five are still the same. Um, but yeah, I it just depends on the audience because I think there's definitely people that come for the beauty and then there's people that come for the fashion. You you mentioned before, like, um, obviously you focus on beauty, natural beauty or clean beauty, um, and you came up with that mask to help because you, were, you, got, you know, got burnt in the sun. When you do that, do you take it from the point of view of a chemist as well and explain the chemistry or you think about the chemistry behind it so you see, you decide whether it's legit or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I always double check the stuff, like the properties of an ingredient, because I already know this stuff. But to be clear to my audience, I always have to double check, like, is this okay? Because I could, it could work for me, but what if it's not? Like, what if it doesn't work for anybody else? There's no point of me sharing it. Mm. So I always like double check and make sure it's okay, and then I will also check the uh, properties the chemical properties of everything I'm showing just so if there is a reaction someone which there could be of course um then there's an explanation like yeah you put this on your face so that happened that makes sense and have you ever sort of come across I mean obviously traditional remedies have been around like forever but you know they came from there so um have you ever come across one like something that's very popular and you look at it and you realize well this actually doesn't really work or doesn't really work the way people think it does Any of mum's recipes that have been handed down that had to myth bust? There was a few that my mum used to literally do on me, right? And it didn't work for me. <laughs> so, you know, like um, tr- 
uh, Indian Pakistani people, they they don't want body hair. <laughs> and like they get this like dull, you know, dull. Yeah, like lentils. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dull, yeah. So they grind it up and they make it into a paste and they like rub it on your skin like crazy and they it picks up hair. It's legit there. People do it. Brides do it. I'm not even kidding. So my mom used to do it on me because she was like, you know, when you grow up, you won't have to wax. You'll be like hair free and beautiful. And they do this. This is so normal. Like you might be shocked right now. I swear it happens. Oh, Ant's not shocked. He does this every day. I'm, yeah. It's my morning. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought I would share that one day on my channel. I was like, that's cool. Like I asked my mom, I was like, mom, what was that thing you used to do on me? Like, and she told me the whole recipe and I wanted to try it again just to make sure it's like something real. And online, there's so many re- recipes for it. I was like, cool. Because the thing is, I like to try stuff on myself before I post it because I don't want to post random things out there, which might not work. And it didn't work for me. So I was like, okay, not posting it. Um, and then I didn't post it. So, mm. So being a Muslim woman on YouTube, like, like, what's that like? Let's, I'd like to talk about that. Is that? Yeah, yeah. It is definitely what it is. Like, there will always be people who will not see past the head cover. They just get stuck at that. And there's always been racism, which is quite common, I think, for um, Muslim girls like me. There isn't that many online. And I think a lot of them are scared because you will get the judgment. And even me, like, I think a lot of people, when they see me for the first time, instead of seeing me for, like, my knowledge or seeing me for the goodness in my me, they'll just be stuck at the what I'm wearing, which is my scarf. And I think it's really sad sometimes, like, being online when um, you get attacked for your religion because it's so personal and it's no one's business right and it's like you know it shouldn't affect the way people see you because it's like something you believe in but unfortunately it's a part of it and yeah and what about then in in the beauty creator sphere are there it's like you said there's not a lot of not a lot yeah but do you yeah like you talked about a there's like a bit of a community like are you one of the few or are there is there yeah, yeah, a particular uh, niche of creators you know that... to be honest there's there is a niche of um muslim creators but i think a lot of them have now taken the scarf off and i've only recently seen that in the past year or so because i think the whole bullying situation got too much for a lot of girls and even I, like i know a I know at least five or six other content creators who are really talented, really beautiful girls. And like, you should see them for their talent. But I think they were um, judged for what they were and they kind of got over and just took it off, which is obviously their personal decision. And, it, you know, it shouldn't matter to anyone. But then I think there's just a whole bullying factor, which is really hard to deal with. And like now everyone knows about mental health, right? So it's a big thing. I think a few years back, if someone was, you know, anxious or depressed or something, it wasn't as talked about. Mm. But people have just come out and talked about their experiences now, which is really great. Um, But yeah, racism has always been part of it. Yeah, It's just how you deal with it, I think, or how you, um, like what you do to cope with it, I think. Well, you've got a channel with... Over half a million subscribers, right? Yeah. Um, and then in the beauty space, which is then very, it, it, I guess it's about looks and things like that. How do you, like, you, you know, do you have a positive community of, of yeah. comments and things like that? Or, and how do you, like, if something does negative does come your way, how, how do you deal with it? So I'm so lucky. Like I've got a really supportive community which uh, like I'm so lucky to have and they've all they uh, like 80% or 90% they always send me love which is so uplifting for me um being a content creator especially like after I had a baby like that you're like hormonal <laughs> like you think about things that you don't even think about before right um and in the beauty space like, like everything's based on looks right 
So when I started gaining weight, I was really pregnant. <laughs> they were like, your remedies aren't working on you. <laughs> Why are you gaining weight? You look a bit chubby there. In, in my brain, I was like, should I tell them I'm pregnant or should I just wait? Um, but I did. I think I announced it at like six months. But to be honest, I think personally, I've become really strong with with hate. And I will get it time to time. And sometimes it's uh, like crit- like a, p- a positive criticism, which is great. I actually really appreciate that sort of stuff and I learn from it. But if it's just something like attacking me for no reason, I don't even care anymore. Because they can't affect the way I feel. And if I let it affect the way I feel, then I'm going to be stuck in this negative mind space. And I've noticed in the past, like if I think too much about it, I, my creative juices like stop flowing. I actually just forget what I'm meant to film that day or forget what I'm meant to do. And it just becomes like a negative toxic mindset, I think, to work with. Yeah. I've, has that built up over time, the, that, this, this philosophy? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's something that I talk about on my channel now, which I didn't used to touch on before. The past year I've talked about mental health a lot and the thing is I think I connect it back to my pharmacy degree because I used to counsel people all the time on medications especially with depression and all that stuff so now that I see this whole thing which is still just so relevant to the youth and my audience is the youth um, I think it's so relevant to talk about and so I actually go ahead and talk about it on my Instagram a lot not so much YouTube, like here and there I do talk about about it on my YouTube, but I just try to connect with the community and uplift them and give them like a positive, you know, like a talk, pep talk, like just to get out of that mind space. But that's just how, I think it's taken me a long time though. No one, no one becomes like this overnight. <laughs> oh, and like good support. Like my husband and my family are super supportive. And every time I'm like... If something gets to me, like if a comment, you know, it will affect me, like my husband will talk me out of it. He'll be like, why do you care? Who are they? Like <laughs> username, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like it does, it shouldn't affect you unless it's actually good, like a comment which you can learn from. Yep. Shouldn't affect you. Don't even read it. You're talking about, obviously you get, uh, there are, you know, there will always be haters out there on certain things. But what about the, I guess, the people who are critical of natural remedies? Do you get a lot of them? Do you get a lot of people saying in the comments, oh, this doesn't work, blah, blah, blah? Definitely, of course. And um, one thing with natural remedies is most of the time they won't work in the first go. And if someone's impatient, they'll try it in the first go and they'll be like, this doesn't work, Right. But I always have mentioned, like, you have to do it consistently for a week at least. It's your skin. Like, it needs time to turn over. It's not going to, like, if you go get a dermabrasion session or something, like some skin treatment, it will I'm, take. I'm looking at you blankly. And it's like, what's a dermabrasion? <laughs> More lentils? <laughs> lentils, no. It's like a skin treatment. It it doesn't work on the first go. People do it for like six months at a time. So how can you affect, uh, expect something natural to work in the first go? I always be like, you know, be consistent. If it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't, I'm sorry. My new philosophy. <laughs> Pretty good. Do you see that like in the online world, there's a lot of, there's a lot of snake oil salespeople going around. Does that sort of put people's red flag, like, you know, they're a bit wary of the advice that's coming their way? Yeah, yeah. But you know what's good? There's always a lot of positive. Yeah. And I actually um, encourage people to comment their experience in the comment section below because I think nowadays you open a video and you go to the comment section first. You're like, what's the comments on this? And then if people in the comments are like, yep, this works, then people will trust it more. And then I try to pin the comment too because it's like, yep, there you go, proof. (laughs) Now you can do this on your hair. If it's for your hair. If it's for your hair. (laughs) If it's for your face, yeah, you can do this on your face.
Fred, let's take a quick break here and just give ourselves a big plug. We are super excited by this new initiative. We have created the Changer Creator College. The Creator College, quite simply, is a place where you can get a whole bunch of online courses, including our brand new Accelerate course for YouTube, designed to help emerging and new creators become even better on the world's biggest video platform. The reason we think it's pretty good is that it's not just our opinions, but the opinions of a bunch of really great creators and experts coming together to give you a very logical, structured course. Damn right. It is the college just for creators. So check it out at changercollege.com. That's C-H-A-N-G-E-R college.com. How do so I I mean speaking about that, you know, your your audience and your community and, and them commenting. So what do you do to encourage your own audience to become, I guess, closer to you become more of a community in terms of beauty i have a lot of um, cross promotion with my other social media platforms and i've started this thing uh, on my instagram in which i tell people to this is this is how you got to do it now you got to cross promote (laughs) that's how you drive traffic to your channels basically right organically because i don't want to buy stuff and i never have so for me to stay organic, this is the only way I can really connect with people on like such a niche topic. So I always tell them like, if you try this, send me a photo of you doing it. And if it works for you, send me a photo and I do a shout out. So they will be featured on my stories or they will be featured on my page if it works for them. And then I always give shout outs. And, and that works? People like that? Yeah. 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 Especially if they're bloggers or or people that have just started, that shout-out for them is quite special because then people might go and check out their page and be like, oh, they do something similar. Like, that's interesting, and they could learn stuff from them. So that's always been some incentive, I think. And, yeah, giveaways. I do heaps of giveaways, which are skincare-related and beauty-related too, just to thank people. And do you run – is that mostly through Instagram? Like. I just did one on YouTube, which closed yesterday. It's yeah. I think it's mostly on Instagram, but on YouTube as well. If I hit a milestone, like now I was like, oh, when I hit 550K, then I'll do my next one. Um, I just did the 500K one now. Yeah. So it's it varies, but I do a lot more on Instagram just because I can connect with people more on that. I mean, YouTube is great too. I can connect with them on that, but with stories and stuff, you can. Hey, YouTube has stories now. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. Do you, do you use that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually just started using that like a month ago. I didn't even know about it. And how's it? How? What do you do there? That is it different to what you do on Insta Stories or similar? And tell pretty us much about the same. That. I think it's a great way to get people to remember you because you post a story and you might not be posting videos as much, and they'll just kind of know what's happening with your life and. Like, I mean, especially for me, my content has always been like information based that it was for me, the hardest thing was to get a loyal community that know me for me, because I'm talking about information. It's not entertainment. It's not something that you will check every single night and laugh. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not like a personality blog or something. It's something like a how to page. So for me, that thing is really special me to connect with my audience and I think the stories are a great way to show them my personality which a lot of them didn't know a few years ago what sort of thing are you putting in in a story just so people like you know you've got your YouTube videos which are longer form like mm-hmm. instructionals and how to's and remedy like natural remedies and the like what would then what what sort of insta story or YouTube story what would that kind of content look like Stories I've been posting like, oh, new video alert, you know, I would post if I'm out for the day or if I'm doing something, I post that. And I like, I mean, being a beauty um, influencer, I get a lot of products like sent to me, makeup, skincare, hair care, like a lot of products. And I just, I would share it on, if, if there's something I try and I love it, I will share it. If it's something I can't create a whole video about, I'll share it on my stories. So then people are like, yeah, better watch out for the stories. Yeah. She could be sharing something. Um, pretty, pretty, They work pretty much like Instagram, though. Instagram stories, I think. Great tool to use for new people. And and so, like, 
in terms of the amount of time you spend on other channels, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what else do you use to sort of grow your audience? Is I'm so basic. Yeah. <laughs> I use Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I did make a TikTok. It oh, went really yeah. good in the beginning, but then I felt like I was juggling with too much stuff. And then I, I think I got confused because I was, I was like, do I post on TikTok? Do I post on Instagram? Do I post on Facebook or YouTube? And it got too much for me. Um, but right now it's just YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. And I also recently started IGTV. Yeah. IGTV videos, which I pretty much didn't explore before because I didn't have time, to be honest. But this was requested by my audience and my Indian audience and my Pakistani and Bangladeshi audience actually requested videos in Hindi. Hmm. So it was really, so I posted a few on YouTube and they went really well. But I think the algorithm gets screwed up from that. And I don't know, like, I don't know how to explain it to anyone that isn't a creator. Like, I don't know how to explain it to them. I think it messes up with the algorithm when you're putting in two different languages or maybe it's in my brain. Very interesting. On the one channel. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. Different. Well, I think, uh, Fred, maybe. What do you think? You want to have a crack, Frederico? Uh, Yeah, well, I think it it does. On on one channel, if you have a predominant one language and then you change language out, um, I guess it theoretically would confuse what what your content's about and who that audience is. Creators who we've seen succeed with multi-language options is when they have two separate channels, one in one language, one in the other language. Like, exactly. uh, like Chick as Chick, who we talked to a little while ago, they had the same thing and they set up a special Spanish channel and an English channel and then their Spanish channel quickly upgrew the English channel. So that's what I'm actually going to be doing really soon. Mm. I think 2020, I'm pretty much working on my studio at home at the moment. Um, so I'm planning a brand new channel but only in Hindi, wow. <laughs> just for those people. Because it's it's confusing for me too, because I want to give them that. I don't want them to have English videos, which they can't understand, but I still want to connect with them. And so that's what happens. I post a video in Hindi, the English people are like, mate, yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> and then I post a video in English and then there will be a whole heap of people which will be like, can you post this in Urdu or can you post this in Hindi? And then for me to understand, like I was just so confused at one stage. So then I've started the IGTV videos, which are only in Hindi and Urdu and they're going great. Thank God. So now that was just for me to check. I'll continue that as well. But that was for me to check for my new channel. But the new channel won't be beauty related. (gasps) Like, I mean, I'll post beauty stuff, but I want to post other stuff on it. A talk show stuff, talk show. like cooking and yeah, okay. gossip, and and is that this is we're getting the scoop here? This is awesome, um, is, <laughs> exclusive. And, man, and I, 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 I love what you've just <laughs> and what you've done. You know, there's been demand, but you know, requests for for Hindi and Urdu um, yeah, yeah, content. Yeah. You're like, well, and they 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 did they ask were the requests coming through saying, oh, I'll put it on like mobile platforms first type places like IGTV or was it just that? There was just so many requests because yeah. I, what I did was I did a video on healthcare in Hindi and I, the reason I did that one in Hindi, I could have done it in English was because I, I know a lot of um, like Indian and South Asian women have that issue, which I think a lot of the other girls might not have. And so that's why I did it in Hindi, but it had such good feedback that, I had like constant emails, constant messages, like so such a good response to make videos in Urdu that I was like, cool, I better like get on it. <laughs> and and so what you did is basically you tested the market with this content mm-hmm. and now you're like, all right, there's appetite and people like it. Yeah. Um and you 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 can natively speak Urdu. Or, or, yes, yes. Because I'm Pakistani. You're, Pakist- you're from Pakistan originally, right? Pakistani speak and Hin- Urdu, which is the same as Hindi, to be honest. Okay. And but Indians have different, like they Indians speak Hindi, but they also have other dialects. But I, I only speak Hindi. Fascinating. And then giving us back to the inside scoop on the the new channel, being a little broader and, and different topic areas, is that driven by 
your desire to do something else or is that also yeah. the audience kind of consumes different types of content anyway from yeah yeah because the thing is I wanted to do something which would be like you know like someone comes home from work and they can just open it and watch it something light and refreshing and entertaining still but me still and the videos I do you know obviously like it's been great for me and I will continue to do it I'm not gonna you know like leave this channel it's still my channel I still post on it weekly but I've just wanted to explore more on stuff that I'm into and I feel like that if I post it on this beauty channel it confuses the audience because the basis that I started it on was beauty yeah. and it should I should stick to that if if I start posting cricket stuff they'll be like what <laughs> we don't want to watch this like who are you <laughs> like we want to watch that specific beauty thing. So I think now to keep the algorithm not confused, that's what you got to do. And I spoke to my husband about this a lot because he actually sat and studied the algorithm in detail because I was so confused. And obviously like he has to stay up to date with everything because social media marketing is his thing. <laughs> so he's just like, yeah, you, you either make a new channel or forget about the other stuff. Just yeah. post beauty stuff. Yeah. So... Um, very interesting. Let's see how it goes. Oh, I can't wait to follow. Could we, be a I, hit or miss. I think we follow this one a bit close. Like we, you know, we'll get some. I reckon regular updates on that. Like, yeah. You know. I'm working uh, on it. <laughs> I think we should do that next year, like yeah. 2020. Now you've sort of thrown it down. Yeah, yeah. I'll, you mean I'll keep you. Um, I'll keep you. But it'll be in Hindi. How are you going to understand it? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Like I'll just, you know, we could just track your journey a little bit. We can have a little yeah. Imi check-ins. How's it going? What have you learned? Because you know. A lot of creators get to this point, right, that you're mm-hmm. at, you know, they've had, um, uh, how many years have you been doing this? Three now. Three, three, three years. years yeah. Hardcore going at it, you know, weekly videos, all the other social channels. And they get to a point where they're like, all right, I've grown, and, you know, over half a million subscribers. But if I want to do something else, yeah. if I, I've, I've got to decide, you know, yeah. how do I want to do this other thing? And it might not be you want to just stop doing yeah, I, I still love it. I still love it, but I think I've grown. Yeah. Which is, which we grow anyways. Yeah, we totally. grow up with. Yeah. <laughs> like I had a baby. So I've definitely grown up. Right? <laughs> so I, I think, think Fred's I, regressed since he had a child, but that's. that's... I, I have. Um, it's not regression so much as uh, crushing fatigue. <laughs> Oh, yes. I know pretend. what you're talking about. You've got to eat with your mother here. Yeah, just, a mother. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you, you asked about me personally. Uh, I'm just saying I'm suffering from aggression fatigue. <laughs> um, but, yeah, totally. Like, and it, people, like, creators always come up against this, whether it's – and it might not be that they've cracked it mm-hmm. and, and got a, a good YouTube following. They might still be – grinding away with with yep. a, a small number of subscribers they're like i want to do something different how do i do that where do i do that and how do i apply that so it's really interesting to hear that you know one thing i've learned on youtube it doesn't matter how much subscribers you have it doesn't the number of subscribers you have doesn't mean that you're going to have high engagement and now it's about engagement if your community is engaged with your content then your videos will be recommended to non-subscribers. So, so what what does engagement look like then? What's that mean? I think engagement is like lots of comments or just a reaction. Like imagine twenty people post reposting my video on their social media accounts, or it's. I think it just looks like people talking about it, something to talk about something juicy or if it's entertainment or something fun or you know like there's so many videos like that on youtube now and the the ones with more comments will because it's it's a way of youtube of making more money anyways because mm. more ads will play because more views will come so they will recommend it more anyways definitely and watch time exactly watch time <laughs> yeah that's a big thing engagement yeah, because they're so engaging. engaged, they'll watch it till the end. Yep. Mm. So. We, we talked about, um, like, obviously you left your, your job as a, as a pharmacist to, to YouTube full-time, um, which mm. would have been obviously daunting in itself, especially because you may go from a stable income as a pharmacist to, to not having that. How have you found that journey in terms of making that up with YouTube revenue and, and what are some of the avenues for you around that? I think if someone was to quit their job and start a YouTube channel like and and 
you know, that's what they're depending on. I think it's a big no-no because you can't expect that income, that stable income straight away anyways. So it really just depends on how your channel is performing. For me, I still work locally. Like, so I still work here and there on a Sunday just to make it all happen. But YouTube has been all right for me. Mm. Um, But, you know, the funny, the thing is that every month is different. So one month I could have heaps of views and one month I might not. So the thing is like you have, I think now on YouTube, you should have other sources of income. Mm. So Patreon, like that's something that a lot of YouTubers do. There's other affiliate-based marketing that a lot of influencers do, commission-based stuff that um, they've connected to their channels just as a source of income. So it's something stable. And there's just a whole heap of other platforms that people are exploring now just to keep it stable. With mine, it's always been quite stable with my income because my videos are like, even if my recent ones are not getting views, there's always old ones, which are always somehow like two years old ones that will be getting views. So I've been lucky with that. But moving forward, I think, yeah, like I still do one or two days of work here and there just to make it all happen. Mm. Pharmacy work. Mm -hmm. And also because I don't want to forget my medications because if I do, then I'm screwed. As in you want to understand how medications work, not you have a series of medications you need. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I mean, I still have to be at work one or one day a week or a fortnight just to stay in the loop of, yeah. you know, my studies because pharmacy or medic- medicine, the whole field, you start forgetting it because mm. like, new stuff coming out every day. It's like thousands of medications. So I think you just, just for me to stay fresh with it all, I still do work here or there. Well, I, I sort of wanted to, keeping on, on work, I wanted to talk, like, what's your YouTube work like from, because you work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we've sort of highlighted a number of times, you've got a 10 month, month old. Um, what, like, how does, how, how does that, like, what is YouTube work at home like for you? For me, it's I have to take care of the baby and when she's asleep is when I do my work. Because if I do it with her awake, she will destroy my content. <laughs> like she will make noises in it and I don't want that. <laughs> so I pretty much work when she's asleep and I have to work around her, which is what most um, work at home moms do. But luckily, I've got like my in-laws here now, which are going to be taking care of her so I can work on my new project a lot more. But when I was alone for the past few months, I pretty much just had to work around it. So sometimes I was filming at 1 or 2 a.m. at night. Really? Just because that was the only time I could get to myself. Wow. Um, and editing as well. I do it when she's asleep at night because I need the time to sit and think about it. And for just for me to stay consistent, I've recorded at least one or two months in advance. So oh. everything's like scheduled. Brilliant. And you, you record, you film in your lounge room, right? Yeah, the house. Yeah, yeah. So then you've also got to work around other people coming yeah. and going. I've got a studio room in my house, which you guys haven't seen. Right. <laughs> so that's where I keep my lights and I've got a set a beauty setup, I, I would say, which a lot of beauty gurus do have in their house. But if I want to change it up, because I'm in my kitchen a lot because I'm making stuff a lot. So I just have to move around and stuff. Um, but yeah, I pretty much move around the house wherever feels comfortable. I don't really need to leave the house for filming just because of the content that I have. But you know what? I had the idea of doing travel content and I was I did try to do it. And I, it might still be a thing, not my channel, but my husband's like really into that stuff. And it's so much different yeah. filming outside. Totally. It's like, oh, people are watching me. <laughs> <laughs> like watching me speak to a camera. It's quite crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, so, w- like, working, f- like, you've gone from being a pharmacist and, mm-hmm. and, and a YouTuber into, like, now a, you are a, a pharmacist, but more YouTuber and, mm-hmm. and, and um, mother looking after a child. Like, how's that transition for you as a creator and as a mother, it's like working from home? It's easier, to be honest. Yeah. Because when I was working and I was doing YouTube at the same time, my filming schedule looked crazy because I would work five days a week and then Friday afternoons or Saturday mornings I would film my video and then I'll edit it on the same day and then I'll upload it on the same day. It was like a full grind session on Saturdays um, just to be consistent because 
when you're not consistent, people will forget you because there's so many people. Like you need to stay consistent with your content. And for YouTube to know that you're like committed to this, I think you have to be consistent. Otherwise, what, it doesn't recommend your stuff. And what does consistency look like to you? What, what's your consistent? Weekly upload? Yeah. I was uploading twice a week at one stage, but I think weekly upload is going to be the way to go because if I start a new channel, then I can't, like, that's too much content. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't, I can manage it, but the quality will suffer. Yeah. So for me, quality matters a lot. And I've been doing some editing workshops and stuff. So I, I've been spending more time editing just because of the, yeah, just to keep a really good quality and better than what it used to be, to be honest. Awesome. And is that something that you try and have, try and do, like continually improve your content? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been, for even my channel, beauty channel, I've been um, thinking of other projects like away from the home, like going to a salon and like trying a certain facial, trying something, which is a popular trend in other countries. But I don't, I've not seen any Australia Australian content creators do it. Um, but it's something I'm thinking of doing. And I've reached out to a couple of salons because you can't actually film everywhere because yeah. it's like privacy. Yeah. So I've been getting permission from some places. So if that goes forward, that'll be me like kind of vlogging a bit. Interesting. Yeah. Great. Just a lot of fun, Ant. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course it is. It has to be. Otherwise, you probably do wouldn't it. do it, right? Like I still enjoy it. Yeah. I like honestly lo- still love it. So I just love the whole idea of connecting with people. And it just, yeah, it's for me, it's really rewarding. Now, uh, Amy, before we, before we wrap up, I think um, there was a question we'd been talking about a lot beforehand. Um, so you specialize in natural remedies. Now, Looking at Ant and his haggard looks, what do you think you could do naturally that would help him look more what? rejuvenated? Hang on. Look what? No one more rejuvenated. Who has been talking about it? We, we've week. discussed it. Well, the team has been discussing it behind his back. <laughs> we need to understand haggard, how, look. How, how can Ant haggard look less haggard? Haggard. Haggard. Well, oh, this Emmy's like. Looking at me, like, I don't know how to answer this. I think, I think, I think, I think how, how would he look more rejuvenated? My wife, who who wanted to, uh, who like every weekend is like, you're gonna have a haircut this weekend, and you're gonna trim the beard. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, uh, I'm not. So, but what what, 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 what would you recommend, Amy? What would you recommend? My husband recently grew out his beard, mm. and now his beard looks like Anne's beard, and like I Bush was Ranger. like. Hmm? Bit of bush yeah. Answer, yeah, and I was like derma rolling his face, which is uh, it's a technique that women do to basically get really wrinkle free skin, but it also grows hair for men because it gets into your hair follicles. So if you want a thicker beard, you can do, actually do it. Really, and I was doing it on him because he had a patchy beard when yeah. he started, um, and then he was like, "We." I, I was like, "Can I put this on my YouTube channel? How to <laughs> grow a beard?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> your audience might also be like, "I would, what? I want to grow a beard." Like, but there is female. like a twenty percent male. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which is, like, I'm like, what do you know? I mean, remedies could be sure, for anyone. Of course, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, we're sort of thinking of a stereotypical beauty channel, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I thought it was a good idea. I was like, this should be a man grooming and growing your beard video. Yeah, he yeah. just hasn't agreed to it yet. Uh, well. Mm. Well, I reckon he should. I want to watch that video now. You're yeah. gonna grow a beard. Oh, it's patchy as. So, <laughs> yeah. and, and and what about and what about a generally tired look? Well, sleep would be cucumber. <laughs> cucumber mask. <laughs> there, there, we have cucumbers in the building. I could do that. Yep, yep, yep. Just make a story, Insta story. Let's throw back yep. to that. Nice. Um, I have been waking up at four o'clock every day for the last who knows how long from a small child who thinks that's time for breakfast. So, oh, how old is? Me, uh, she is uh, th- 13 months. She She's not sleeping at night? Well, she is. It's just early morning thinks it's go time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I put mine down at 10 o'clock, so she sleeps Whoa. till Holy 6. Holy moly. Yeah, but yours is, yeah. No, mine wouldn't last that long. Yeah. <laughs> so, that well, I don't know if cucumbers can help that, but if they do, 
<laughs> after this, we'll go upstairs. We'll get to the kitchen. Bar session. And we'll get some, uh, yeah, we can do that. We can cucumber it up. Facials with Emmy. <laughs> so, Emmy, one thing we ask all, all the YouTubers before we uh, finish is like, what top tips would you give uh, emerging or new creators to help them out? Number one, be interesting or have something interesting that you can offer. Don't put it out there if you're not passionate about it because you're going to give up and you probably just wasted some time. So that would be my first thing. Share content that you're genuinely passionate about. It could be anything, travel, beauty, like whatever. Secondly, I would recommend to have consistency on the channel just so at least like the YouTube algorithm knows that you're consistent and they pick it up. And that's, I think that's when they would recommend it. And people would expect something from you. They'll be like, okay, cool. Their video comes out every Saturday. I'm going to check their channel on Saturday to see what's new. Um, and I think if someone's just planning to start out, even if that's a new goal for 2020, that could be for some people, right? I would recommend to have some stuff pre-uploaded. At least a month. That's good. Schedule. Can you ex- can oh, just quickly before we wrap it up? Can you explain why? What do you, why do you think that? So when you post it on the same time and the same day every week, the people know what to expect from you. They they expect a video from you, and it's in their brain that this is going to come out. And also the algorithm picks it up, and they would most likely recommend it. But why would you want to have content already up before you, like when you start? Just to keep it consistent. Okay. And. T- what if something happens? What if you get into a car crash and you can't upload that way? People will be like, they like they'll forget you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's just in terms of work-life balance. Yeah, it helps a big like it helps a lot because I just went on. I just came back from New Zealand two weeks ago, right? And I had to schedule at least six videos because I was like, if I go on holiday, I need stuff that's going up while I'm away. And that was the only way to make it happen. And my my audience were like, she's got stuff going up. So they knew that they could expect stuff from me. Brilliant advice. And it works better with entertainment channels, I think. I Like, hopefully it works better with entertainment channels. Well, you'll find, we'll find out next year we'll as we track that. We'll find out when I start yeah. my new project. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Well, Thanks. Imi, thank you so much for joining us on Creative Generation. Thank you for having me. It's been me. a pleasure and I look forward to uh, tracking your journey with the uh, new channel next year. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. 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 Well, I learned a lot about beauty I didn't know before. Yeah, apparently I have haggard looks and need a cucumber derma roll mask thing. <laughs> uh, remember to download the Creator Generation app or you can reach us through our socials. Until next week. Bye. See ya. Generation. on the mic. <laughs>